just a reminder, here at That's So Chronic, we are dedicated to sharing personal stories. We are not advocating any type of treatment, therapy, procedure or intervention. Everyone is unique, so please seek professional medical advice before making any decisions for yourself or for others. Welcome to That's So Chronic, the podcast where I, Jess Bryan, interview some incredible people from around the world that are thriving and sometimes only just surviving with chronic illnesses, life-changing injuries and potentially disastrous diagnoses. Today I am chatting with Bianca Smeeks from Neurospark. On the 22nd of February 2011, Bianca was in the city during the horrific Christchurch earthquake. Following this, she was diagnosed with vulvodynia, fibromyalgia, and central sensitization syndrome. In this episode, Bianca shares her health journey, breaks down what those diagnoses mean, how she took control of her pain, and then she helps me to understand what on earth neurolinguistic programming and the lightning process is all about, as well as the work she does with Neurospark. I mentioned this in the episode but I would not have been able to have this conversation even 18 months ago. It's only now, after interviewing so many incredible people for That's So Chronic, that I have a bit more of an open mind and am willing to talk about neurological pain in the way Bianca explains. I'm really excited for you to listen. Welcome to That's So Chronic. I'm joined with Bianca from Neurospark here on the podcast today. I'm so excited to dive deeper and learn everything about you and about Neurospark. Thank you. If you're listening at home and you have no idea what Neurospark is, a general thing that I've mm-hmm. found from your website is that you combine neuroscience, psychology, physiology, NLP, NLP, neurolinguistic programming. It's a lot of stuff, life coaching, osteopathy yes. a little bit. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot yeah. and I'm <laughs> so excited. And actually NLP in particular and the lightning process, that is following me around at the moment. I was just saying to Bianca before that I, everyone is doing it. It's on my Instagram. It's in a social media course that I'm doing at the moment. Once you see it once, it comes back. Yes. Everywhere. Yeah. Olivia, who I interviewed yesterday, she did it as well. So, yes. So, I guess, shall we start all the way at the beginning? So, yeah. on your website, you say that your health journey started in 2011. Yeah, it was almost, what, we're talking almost 10 years ago. Yeah. Now. Crazy. Yeah, so my health journey shall we call it started all the way back then basically it kind of kicked off during or around the time of the Christchurch earthquakes so I had quite a traumatic experience I was outside CTV building which Mm -hmm. was one of the buildings that came down um, during the February quakes and that was that like I was 18 the way I dealt with it was just to carry on you know Mm -hmm. drinking I started uni I just got on with everything and then the same year I started getting chronic um, pelvic pain okay and I thought I had a UTI we're going straight in I thought I had a UTI the symptoms sort of didn't go away Mm -hmm. and I just experienced a lot of pain in that that region yeah and eventually got a diagnosis of vulvodynia okay which is encompasses that whole female genital region and just randomized general pain okay And then about two years in, I had sort of consistent generalized pain. 
and then I started experiencing fibromyalgia symptoms, which were more widespread. Okay. So it sort of started in one area and then I kind of developed more widespread pain. Yeah. So my whole journey is sort of pain journey lasted about three years. Wow. And then when it, by the time I got to sort of 2014, I started getting back on track and I found stuff that worked for me. So Amazing. Yeah. So let's unpack all of A these diagnoses <laughs> yeah. then. So fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. how would you describe what that is to somebody? So fibro, it's like a really tough one to describe because it's widespread pain. So it's sort of a diagnosis that they give someone that experiences chronic pain for no particular reason, Mm -hmm. but it can kind of be anywhere around your body. So a lot of people have muscular pain. For me, I had symptoms that really mimic sort of MS. Um, I had like tingling. Mm -hmm. I had like in my hands and my feet, I had sort of numbness that would come and go. Um, I did have some muscle aches, but it would sort of change which was really hard for me to like figure out where it was all coming from luckily I only sort of had these widespread symptoms for sort of probably less than six months right yeah and before I found something but yeah obviously experiencing chronic pain it's really confusing Mm and you're trying to figure out what's going on and generally I think they give people that they just don't know what to do with the diagnosis of fibromyalgia right yeah what was that diagnosis process like like were you seeing a lot of people and Mm. how were they responding to you like were you taken seriously with this pain yeah so obviously um like I started with my pelvic pain so for that I was just like what's going on like Mm -hmm. why am I getting pain down there why am I getting pain with sex just everything sort of didn't feel right. And obviously I was quite young. Um, so it was, I didn't realize that a lot of people actually experienced these sorts of yeah. things because I was just so young. I didn't really. And I think like we I don't. Master, yeah, we didn't yeah. talk about that like really when we were 18. Not really. I kind of, you know, I went to gynecologists and they sort of said like, it seems like it's vulvodynia, which again is like a bit of a term where they're just like, yeah. pain which we don't really know what to do with yeah so I probably saw three gynecologists like a urologist and they all said the same thing you know it's quite common we see this quite commonly mm. but again the only thing we can do is like medication to try and shift the nerve pathways and okay yeah they, there wasn't a whole lot we could do to make anything better in that respect moving on to like the fibro that's probably when I s- started to see a few more specialists I went to a neurologist Mm -hmm. because I thought maybe it was something more serious yeah and then I went to a pain clinic and when I went to the pain clinic I think that's when they gave me the label of fibromyalgia right okay so it was quite a long process like obviously I'd had the um, pelvic pain diagnosis quite early on and then the fibro one maybe came like a year or two after that how were you feeling throughout all of this because a year or two of not really knowing what's happening it just felt like one thing was piled on top of the other because like the pelvic pain again would sort of come and go and they thought maybe it was endo as well so I had a lap yeah I still (laughs) don't know how to pronounce it it. yeah (laughs) I had one of these those operations to to double check Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't so that part of it was you know, it's like a, you, it's just so confusing. Yeah. You just try a whole lot of things. And then, yeah, it's a frustrating journey when you cannot figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I think when I got to the pain clinic, which was sort of like the end of the line, mm-hmm. and they gave me that second diagnosis at the time because I was so young and that's all I knew was just like listen to the doctors and 
take that on board yeah. it's just crushing when you're yeah. that young to have something like that but I mean I carried on I keep trying to like look down different avenues but you know I'm sure you understand it's like one thing after another yeah. it just feels like it's gonna be forever and I mean you've just started at uni it's yeah. so full on so I did look like because people say oh no were you able to just carry on living like I was I was at uni I was doing yeah. everything normal that everyone would expect but if you've got a chronic illness most of the time people don't look like yeah. they've got anything yeah, wrong you with just push through it. <laughs> so I would just push through I'd like be drinking you know out um, you wouldn't know anything I saw on your website in your bio section that you also were diagnosed with central sensitization yeah, syndrome so what one. what is that that was the same time at the pain clinic mm-hmm. I think I got that as well Again, it's like a bit of an umbrella term and they did tell me that, but it sort of encompasses everything that is very generalized symptoms. Yeah. So like IBS, um, fibro, bulbodynia prob- probably falls under that. Mm-hmm. And they described it, which was really helpful as an overreactive nervous system. Yeah. And in my work now, like that's actually how I see it. But mm-hmm. at the time, if you're just getting that information yeah. alone, you're kind of like, cool. Awesome. And now but what? like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> so I got that, but... I think also because I was so young and I was sort of like if anyone had told me it was in my head or mm. it, I was just not having a bar of it. Yeah. So I probably took that lesson, but again, like didn't have any clear way out. Yeah. yeah. What were your symptoms like from then onwards? So you've been diagnosed with these things. How did life look? Again, like I, everything looked normal. Yeah. When you're going through chronic pain, it has like a huge impact on your self-confidence mm-hmm. because it's so frustrating yeah. and it's just hard to you know put on a smile every day like you mm-hmm. literally and so many people do that with mental health with physical health but again I think I was I didn't talk about it a lot okay. so you just carry on what else just trying to think it seems like so long ago yeah. now, especially. I was uh, just saying when I did another interview this weekend that the fact that we do forget yeah, what it was like just kind true. of means that actually at the time it probably felt like this was, you know, terrifying was and awful. awful. And yeah. imagine if you could say like in nine years time, you're going to forget how you no. even felt right now. Well, that's the thing. And I think like at the time it's, it's so hard and you're constantly getting told that, Hey, you might live. Well, I did get told that yeah. constantly. Like you probably will have this for life. Yeah. Try this. See if it works, try this, you know, we don't know. Mm. So I just think that kind of that belief I took on and I really believe like I might be stuck with this for life. Yeah. Like that's what I thought. That's what I'd read on the internet. Yeah, it was quite hard. What did you try during this time? Yeah, my family was all very supportive. My mum, especially, being oh, I love down a good there. Mom. I know it was. Um, she was like, "We'll get to the bottom of it." But I think you give up a bit of hope as time yeah. goes on. So I tried. What did I try? Like different diets. Mm-hmm. I tried medication, so antidepressants to stop the nerve signals yep. that meant to have that effect, but that would just leave me quite tired mm-hmm. and add other, you know, other sort of yep. symptoms. Antipsychotic medication for the pain as well, which mm-hmm. again didn't do much. So just different medications. Um, what else did I try? I tried basically anything physical yeah. I could do. And yeah. I didn't look at anything mental because again, I was studying psychology and I thought like, if anyone has thinks that this is in my head, yeah. like I wouldn't have a bar of it. And, yeah, it, and so it wasn't in my head, but that was the last 
kind of thing I look at when I was trying to get well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you finish studying psychology mm-hmm. and you take yourself off to London. Yeah, I, I did. I did some business at uni and then between that period, I got well. I got my life back on track okay. before London. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So what? how did that look? What was happening? So how it all went down. So it was a bit of a turn of events. So I had been kind of just trying things along the way. And like I'd have days where I'd feel good. I'd had days that felt really horrible mm-hmm. and, you know, but I just kept going. And what happened was I just started getting quite down about the whole pain thing. And my parents both said, well, we've got – like our work can sort of fund for counselling. Okay. And I was sort of like, well, I don't need it. Like, this is just normal. And yeah. eventually um, I ended up going and it was funded, but also due to the earthquake, they, I think it was earthquake counselling. Okay, I went yeah. along yeah. not knowing like what I'd talk about. And I just, I basically just let everything out. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm dealing with this pain. I had this experience. And I remember just like bawling my eyes out, sitting in this wow. like therapy room. Yeah. And then afterwards I noticed like my body felt really good. Oh. <laughs> it was just a little thing that I'd noticed. And I sort of thought like I just, you know, had like a massive cry about the earthquake and my experience and the pain. And I walked away feeling like quite a bit lighter. Like my symptoms were definitely there. Yeah. But it just felt good to actually yeah. open up. And so from there, what happened was... The counsellor said, hey, look, these NLP practitioners, I had no idea what NLP yeah. was, but they've got some funding for the government for earthquake trauma. Oh, okay. So I rang this lady, it was like four years down the track, and she had one hour left for an NLP session wow. that had been funded. What amazing So I jumped timing. on that. It was amazing timing. It was definitely meant to be. I think I went there like within that week. Yeah. And again, I sat down, I just was like, I've kind of been sent here. I don't really want to be yeah. here, but it's for free, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, went along and she did some NLP on me, which again, I just kind of roll with it. I don't know what yeah. she was doing, <laughs> but she took me through a few visualizations and sort of helped me repiece my earthquake experience and sort of visualize it in a new way. Ah. So you're sort of ending like the fight or flight experience yeah Yeah. and it was really helpful and I felt like it was really nice it was really cool thing to do and then she sort of said like is there anything else and I'm like well um (laughs) what's actually way worse than that is the pain that I'm currently living with and I just told her and she she was the first person that was like well you you don't have to live with that yeah and I was kind of like yeah what like everybody's told me this is going to be lifelong and she said no no we'll, we'll do some things so she get just in that moment I remember being like oh my god like this could be it like, yeah this could change because again like what I hadn't emphasized is that all my tests were fine they yeah. couldn't find anything yeah. so yeah. it was very random and that's stressful as well yeah right? it is like, you're you like just, what's going yeah. on yeah you just yeah. like can you just take some blood and then tell me that yeah got tell thing? me yeah I know because it was a lot of testing yeah. and that kind of thing um and she yeah she was the first person that sort of was like well you know, you've had a really big year, you've had something that's happened that probably has put your nervous system into quite a fight or flight, hypervigilant state. Naturally, yeah. after the earthquakes, like everyone in Christchurch was kind of yeah. on that like hypervigilant state. And then something as simple as like if it is a UTI or anything, a virus can come in and basically add another stress 
another right, shock yeah. to the system. Yeah. So if you're already in that state, this is sort of how she put it, what can happen is it's just too much. Mm-hmm. And then the thinking takes over and then the yeah. pathways change and it be- yeah, wow. can become quite cr- chronic. So she put it really simply and it still kind of went over me. I was like, okay, whatever this. Yeah. Because I tried so much. I was like, yeah. okay. But all she asked me to do was to go away and if I was experiencing pain, rather to focus on how bad it was, focus in on it in terms of like a comfort level scale. Okay. So if I was like in a lot of pain, which a lot of the time I was, like mm-hmm. I had ice packs, like, you know, like yeah. it's it was hard. I would be like, okay, I'm one out of 10 on a comfort scale rather than yeah to, just yeah. flipping so she flipped it and yeah. that's a bit of NLP that's like really really simple stuff mm-hmm. and that was the first thing she got me to do just for a week and I went back to her maybe three or four times and every time I went back we just worked on a few different things and yeah it really helped gain my confidence that hey maybe things yeah. could shift my pain was still there but I started feeling like this is possible, which is like yeah. the first step. A little bit of light at the end yeah, of the tunnel. Yeah, definitely. And then I went to, within that same period, I went to a pelvic physiotherapist mm-hmm. and she just helped me check that everything was looking good in that area. And she actually told me about the lightning process. Oh. And when I heard that the lightning process had NLP in it, oh. I was like, ah, oh, random, I've been doing this. Yeah. And um, there was a waiting list, so I had to wait, wait about three months, but I ended up signing on to the training I okay. went to Auckland and after I did the training I just had more tools to start to shift yeah. my mindset start to retrain my nervous system and with consistency it took me about three weeks I wow. just then started seeing like massive drops in my pain level wow <laughs> yeah so it, it was like it's not just like you're cured it doesn't yeah. work like yeah. that you've really got to do these like mental um, rehearsal techniques but yeah. Once I had been empowered by someone who's like, first of all, like, you don't have to live with this. Yeah. Second, I had some tools. And then I was like, I'd seen other people that had had amazing results with it because I'd been looking on the website yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like once I was there, I was just ready to do anything to get back on track. That um, is so amazing. Yeah. I, I was, it was amazing. Like I still pinch myself that it even happened because you yeah. think about how hard it can be at the time. So yeah, started getting my confidence back. My pain slowly started, actually quite quickly started going. And then I had another like two years of just living completely normally. Wow. Um, and I, the only, t- I had like a bit of a relapse, keep it real honest. I had a bit of a relapse, um, maybe two years in, which is still a good amount mm, of time. Yeah. And at that point I was sort of living completely out of alignment with what I truly wanted to do, which was probably study this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like a relationship maybe I wasn't 100% happy in at the time. And again, I got back into using the tools from the lightning process and I just took a bit of a look about like where I was at in life. Yeah. And once I started getting back and following my intuition and using the yeah. tools, I again started shifting my pain. Wow. So, yeah, since then I've learned a lot. Yes. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm going on and on and on, no, but that's kind of this. where how I moved, like I went to London to study all of this sort of stuff. Yeah, so where did you study in London? What is this training that yeah, you did? Yeah, so I um, timed it really nicely because obviously I got to do my OE yeah. at the same time, <laughs> but it's called the Phil Parker Institute. So Phil is a, in he's got a lot of titles, he's an yeah. osteopath, he's a master NLP practitioner 
he's also um, studied psychology, like he's done his doctorate in psychology. So he comes from quite a broad perspective. And I worked full-time in London, but I studied part-time and it was NLP, life coaching, hypnotherapy, and then on top, the last thing was the lightning process training practitioner. Okay. Yeah. So what is the lightning process? (gasps) Good question. Always the hardest one to answer. So... To put it really simply, it's a three half day training Mm -hmm. and it can be done in a small group or one-to-one. So if I have a client who's really bed bound, which I've had, or, you know, really extreme anxiety and Mm -hmm. they don't feel comfortable, we kind of tailor it. But usually it's done in a group of about three to four. How it works is people I see generally have We say stuckness, which is so broad, but it can be mental health or physical health conditions that are chronic. Okay, yeah. So mainly what I've seen so far, anxiety, depression, obviously very common, chronic fatigue, which can be, which I'm not sure if you've had anyone with chronic fatigue, but it can be really It's debilitating. Yeah, Yeah, debilitating, definitely. Chronic pain, autoimmune disorders a lot, and then stuff like irritable bowel, skin issues, Mm -hmm. it's... A big kind of broad range. So three-day training, we teach people about the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, people that come have tried a lot of different things and sort of looking at your thoughts and your mindset is the last thing you really look at, you know, when you're trying to get well. Because it's so personal and you're so vulnerable and you're like, what, could this just be me? Yeah, (laughs) I know. And with the training, like we don't go into too much, like people only share what they want to share. And quite often we don't even need to, they don't even need to say why they're there necessarily. But how it works is on the first day, we sort of touch a lot on how the nervous system works okay. and how it can kind of get stuck into hypervigilant, um, a stress response. Yeah. And then how, you know, our ways of thinking and how thinking styles can actually create certain neural pathways, yeah. which, how do I put it very simply, but which can kind of feed, not make the symptoms continue. Yeah. 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 And they're not like creating the symptoms, but they're symptoms not creating. you've already got in their continuum. I would say most of illness is starts in the body. And then the mind is sometimes we it's doing the right thing for us because trust me, the people that I see are always really intelligent people, yeah. really creative, often like type A personalities, high achievers, because mm-hmm. they've got such active minds as well. It's yeah. like we're constantly thinking yes. about the symptoms and certain like just getting set in certain ways of thinking yeah we kind of start from basics and a lot of it's just really questioning your beliefs about your illness and um how you know what you think not even what you think caused it but looking at different ways of looking at it Mm -hmm. from more of a nervous system mind body aspect of your body just getting really stuck yeah and your mind and then at the end of day one we teach a set of tools that that basically the client will use to start to retrain their brain. Okay. Which focuses on like you're standing up, you're doing, it's sort of like a self-coaching tool where you're putting a a stop to the signal traveling down the neural pathway. You're making a new choice. You are coaching yourself in a nice way, which a lot Mm -hmm. of people are not used to talking to themselves. Actually, yeah. Now that you've mentioned that, I'm thinking like, yes, that's so true. Yeah. So we kind of develop this internal dialogue. We teach people how to develop it because a lot of people, most of us 
um, including myself, you know, like it's quite hard to develop that yeah. if we're not used to talking to ourselves nicely. I'm just thinking of last night I was in after hours and I had to pee in a cup mm-hmm. and the whole, I just couldn't for like an hour and the whole time I was I like stopped. mad at myself yeah. for not yeah. being able to do it. But actually now if I had just learned these well, tools, I could have Exactly. Really, Times yeah. like that when you do get into that stress and then it's bringing it back, making the new choice, coaching yourself. It sounds simple, but... The tools are simple, but they're so powerful. Yes. And then, where are we at? Yeah, coaching and developing some kind of evidence that you can move out of the symptoms. Or, okay. Yeah. So we begin to coach ourselves. Then it involves a bit of a visualization. And then on days two and three, we take those tools deeper. Okay. So like the lightning process itself is the three-day training, but within that you get the tools and the tools probably take about three minutes to use every time you use them, every time you start okay, yeah. getting into getting stuck mentally or physically if you feel a symptom coming on quite strongly. And then you use them consistently until you start to see change. And so NLP is sort of incorporated into yeah. the lightning process. Yeah. So NLP is the neuro linguistic pathways programming programming yeah Yeah, so what is that that's the is that the um like would the coaching yourself be yeah so neuro like again really simply neuro our brains and how how they work uh linguistic is the words we use which is a really important part of the lightning process and then programming is the pathways that we're using automatically so the NLP comes into it a lot through the language that we use right when we're thinking about what we want instead of what we don't want because a lot of people don't realize if we're constantly saying like for example chronic pain I'd always be like oh not this pain I don't want to be in pain this pain you know and you're yeah. and you're like 90% of your brain is taken up by like whatever symptom you're experiencing mm. anxiety pain so where the NLP comes into the lightning process is the visualization part, definitely, but also the language part and the repetitive part because it's all about repetition. So the language part would be um, focusing more on comfort. Just mm-hmm. even by saying the word comfort, your brain yeah. is finding evidence or times when you are really comfortable. And by shifting into that language, what actually happens internally to your body's chemistry is it starts to shift back into like rest and digest yeah right which is just like the calm nervous system because Mm -hmm. a word like comfort or calmness just feels really nice for to us rather than like pain anxiety absolutely of course so it's when we're doing that consistently we're sort of shifting the chemistry in our body as well so you do the training in london Mm -hmm. what next what happens next are you still feeling this pain did you do you have another relapse no i did i honestly didn't i was living my best life in london i I was really lucky i did have i feel like my the pain i was experiencing i don't even really like to say my pain yeah the pain i had there were a few days where i'd get kind of the same symptoms back and in the past I would really freak out about that thinking yeah. oh no but again I had my tools first thing I would do it was definitely not as bad as you know yeah. years ago but I would always check in first as well as how much am I taking on mm-hmm. because you know like people pleasing which I sort of recovering from yeah. <laughs> and also just taking on a lot and putting a lot of pressure on yourself it can really I feel like for me personally pain's probably the way my body shows me yes that it's just 
take a step back yeah. or look at where you can come in. And along with just the tools and the visualisations, it was really only a day or two. So yeah, for London, most of it, I was just studying, working, and then came back last year to start up NeuroSpark. Yeah, so NeuroSpark, talk us through this. How It's neurospark.co.nz, by the way, if anyone mm. wants to check out the website. What can someone expect if they're listening to this and they're like, okay, this sounds like it could be a bit of me. Yeah. Where do I start? Yeah. So obviously check out my website because mm-hmm. a lot of the information's on there. But if it was something that you've had for a while, something chronic, I definitely say the lightning process. Yeah. And how the lightning process sort of, how you go about get even you know, applying for it is first of all, there's an audio to listen to, which is about three or four hours. Okay. And it talks you through the science and the neuroscience of whatever symptom you're experiencing. So there's different versions depending on what condition you have. And after most people hear that, it's really reassuring because first of all, there's success stories, but second of all, you feel like you've got a bit more control over whatever you're going through. Even if it is something genetic, like the symptoms we see are different than the condition. Yeah. So then people fill out an application on my application form or just give me a, like, get in touch with me. We have a chat and we just talk about your beliefs and where you're at, how much you've tried, because it's really important that any client I see is, like, totally on board to looking at, like, just being open-minded yes. enough to take something on board. And I usually have dates set. And, yeah, if, if someone's really ready to make change and they are you know like desperate and they're just fully willing to mm-hmm. put the tools into action we go from there it sounds like that quote you know you can't help someone until they want to help themselves yeah. and it feels like that could be a bit of it well when I first started getting well you know I'd tell people about it and a lot of people of my a lot of my friends actually did the training and had great results for whatever they were trying to get out of it um, but I got to a point as well where it's like some people just aren't ready for it you know mm-hmm. like different things work for different people yeah and like I'm totally for whatever works for you but it's definitely a new way of thinking about things and I'm so glad there's a lot more research coming through in like the mind-body neuroscience yeah. field um, so it's not as weird as yeah it's <laughs> as some people make like it uh, it's definitely not and thing. the name even the name lightning process doesn't do it justice because yeah. it's really like based on neuroscience but yeah, I think you've just really got to be ready and just have a belief that you, you want to get well and you can get well or at least improve your symptoms. After you do the lightning process mm. or you do something with NLP, mm. do you then have those tools and you'll be implementing them throughout your day for however long? Yeah, so um, with, the, with NLP as well, if someone just contacted me wanting NLP sessions or coaching sessions we would just make that work too but uh, back to the lightning process so you get the tools we have three hours follow-up together Mm -hmm. whether that be just check-ins or having some NLP sessions together you've got the tools and basically you are using them consistently until you see the change you want okay now for most people they're sort of implementing this self-coaching tool tools or Mm. process they probably start doing it sort of anywhere between between 10 and 50 times a day okay so you're starting off you're really starting off um, doing it more yeah and then over time as your symptoms start to shift as you start to feel like you've got a little bit more control and you can actually see that things are shifting or your automatic ways of thinking are actually starting to change Mm. 
you can lessen the amount that you're using it. Yeah, Because right. you kind of get back to living, like, you're feeling better. Yeah, so eventually it's not it's not something that, yeah, 50 times a day you're not going to have to do this thing no. because it's already tra- retraining. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny you should say that because a lot of my clients are like, well, how many times do I have to do it? And that's <laughs> even going straight back to the perfectionist yeah. behavior that a lot of us have. And it's like, no, you've got to be the judge of that. Like I'm get, mm-hmm. It's all about giving someone out or giving my clients all the stuff I can give them and giving them some onus back on their health because – we actually do have a lot of the answers ourselves, but because we are, it's nat- the natural processes to go to other people, mm-hmm. we kind of get stuck and we don't really feel like we can control anything. Yeah. So that's my favorite part about the lightning process is finally you can start to gradually feel like you're doing something and you're actually having an impact on your own health. Yeah. And if something so cool. like a relapse does happen mm-hmm. with whatever you're, you experience, mm-hmm. you can then just pull these tools Absolutely. back into your life. Absolutely. And, you know, like, again, like a lot of my clients have amazing change in what they come for. And maybe a few months down the track, they're like, oh, I'm having, um, you know, a relationship issue mm-hmm. or something like Something else has come up, which is quite natural if we make changes in our health, you know, it kind of has an impact on other areas. And then we go over it then and look at how we can use the tools for different scenarios because it can be something as simple as relationships. So uh, we touched on this before about like the types of conditions or people Mm -hmm. that you might see with NeuroSpark. It does feel like it leads towards more of like a neurological mm-hmm. things, like yeah. especially with the fibromyalgia and mm-hmm. the central sensitization syndrome. Yeah. Would would this be beneficial for somebody who had cysts on their ovaries and had pain or, you yeah. know, like something like physical Crohn's, there. like there's actually something yeah, yeah. happening. Yeah. So I've actually worked with people, uh, one or two people with Crohn's. Okay. And they've seen definitely like um, less severe symptoms, which oh, wow. is really cool. I think, Absolutely. Like I've worked with, even thinking about recently, a girl who had like lumbar, she, she did something physically, mm-hmm. like a disc. Okay. And she'd had two operations. Yeah, like so an injury. An or injury, yeah. yeah. And like a lot of my clients have had physical injuries or something physical happen. Mm-hmm. But again, like the issue becomes when it does become neurological over time is that that injury, you know, someone else can have the same internal thing yeah. and not have any symptoms. So yeah. it's like, why are some people getting this huge pain or even like, um, I can't think of the word, scoliosis? Yes, Like yeah. some people experience pain, others don't. Mm. Like that's the same degree of pain. So if there is something physical there, absolutely these can still help because quite often the symptoms we experience are a lot worse than maybe where they started yeah. or um, we just menta- and mentally as well, it takes a toll. So even on the mental side of things, definitely help us getting into that constant activation of the stress hormones, which yeah. is the cortisol and the, mm-hmm. which has a huge effect on our neuro, like our neural pathways. Yeah. Mm. It's only really been this year that, well, probably the last 18 months where I've really started changing the way that I think about pain Mm -hmm. because I totally see what you're saying now Mm -hmm. and I think two years ago like I would not have been even ready to have this conversation just casually (laughs) with you of that pain might not be as dramatic Mm -hmm. as it is actually for me at times and that is being created in my head Mm. and that's really hard to hear. It's quite confronting it is and honestly like I keep saying 
I was not ready to hear it. Yeah. And even still, I'm like, it's a pretty hard thing to hear. But And it's not taking away from like a certain condition. No. It's just that people experience different levels. So it's like, yeah. how can we get it into more of a, or the least possible or ideally not there? Mm. That would be the ideal case. Because I'm thinking, you know, they at, when you go to the hospital or whatever, and it's like, where's your pain on a scale of zero oh, yeah. to 10? And it's like, well, my eight might be your five. Yeah. Like, actually pain is so personal it and is. it's so you've got your own perspective on it so of course like and even the way you touch on that is like quite funny because in the lightning process I talk about how we are going to these appointments and all of it is based around say pain and your symptoms on a scale mm. and you're you're constantly when when we ask those questions and ask to describe our pain we are literally triggering that pathway in our brain to strengthen it wow which is so unintentional but it's, you know, like I remember going to the pain clinic and I would have said and heard the word pain at least like mm-hmm. probably 200 times, you know. Yeah. And my brain is trying to think of all those times. It's like thinking about it and I actually walk out of there feeling worse than yeah. I went in. <laughs> and that's not intentional, but it's it's like we do have to look at better ways of dealing. And also another thing when it comes to pain is, in my personal opinion, is whether we're expressing our emotions, which is kind of like what I had the experience with the earthquake it may have not been connected at all I still Mm -hmm. don't really know why this all happened but I know that sometimes when we kind of don't get angry or we don't cry and some you know sometimes we just need to yeah yeah (laughs) and you and it's like a release for our body as well so it's a balance of of getting it out but also looking at what we're thinking about day in day out Mm. like our thinking styles long term yeah could the opposite happen and this might sound completely silly but Mm. I'm just wondering whether maybe you you learn things like this and you you think of the way that you can change the pathways and the language that you're using Mm. if you then had a relapse you had a episode of pain Mm -hmm. I think my brain gets to the point a little bit where I'm like am I even in pain like am I making this up Mm -hmm. and I bring that on myself Mm. And I think that's probably like trauma from my own experience and also listening to a lot of people be like, no one believed me that I was in pain. But I'm just wondering if there is this like fine line of going, it's created in the brain or I've got this control, so I shouldn't be in pain then. What have I done? Do you ever see people like that? Yeah, definitely. And um, it's not, it's like, it's reminding people that is both. It's not like, it's not in your head. Honestly, it's not in your head, but... Your mind can continue the cycle or heighten the cycle because okay, we start that, yeah. freaking out and we start, you know, like pain. Every single person I see, I'm saying this off the top of my head, but yeah. I'd say every person has anxiety. Okay. I 100% had anxiety with my pain because it's like, oh, you freak yeah. out when you start getting it. It's <laughs> yeah. a natural response. So the the pain is is uh, exaggerated by fear, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of my work is around. Is like looking yeah. at how we can lower the fear so our nervous system goes back to normal and therefore your symptoms reduce yes and Mm. like that fight and flight mode that keeps us alive like it's it's good for certain things it's good for (laughs) certain things like if a lion was about to attack us right now in this airbnb like let's get into the fight or flight mode like that's perfect but maybe for everyday living when you're at work yeah you don't actually need to be in that we are constantly activating it and 
a lot of the stuff we carry through and the, the responses, and I could be getting a bit deep here, but a lot of the ways we respond are based on just old, outdated ways, mm-hmm. you know, like from yeah. childhood or just setting high expectations to ourselves and getting frustrated if we don't do well in a certain thing. Mm. So that in itself is quite a threatening thought to our nervous system. Yeah. So we can look at sort of changing the way we think about ourselves as well. That's just one part of it. But yeah, it's, it, I mean, like 2020, it's getting activated like yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, like if you're looking at the physical body, that's why breathing and meditation and basically anything that's calming you down, nature, catching yeah. up with a friend, that's why that stuff is really beneficial. So like you said, it's 2020 now. Mm-hmm. You're back in Christchurch. You've got Neurospark. I do. How are you feeling? How are things going? Well, to be honest, um, it has been a really tough year because my mum's going through chemo at the moment. So that's been really tough in terms of on top of everything else that's Mm -hmm. been going on in 2020. Um, Definitely had good parts of the year. Like I'm really proud of myself for coming back and kicking into the business. I There's a lot of stuff I want to do probably next year when I have a bit more clarity, but there's a lot of stuff I want to do in terms of speaking to businesses and more of a general public about this sort of stuff and awareness as well, like yeah. you, for like chronic illness mm-hmm. and it's a normal thing. A lot of people are experiencing yeah. it a lot more than I thought now that I'm doing this kind of work and mental health, obviously, I'm very passionate about. So there's yeah. things on the horizon, but I've become, and thanks to my work as well and everything I've been through, I've become very probably good at living in the moment and that's all I can do do yes, at the moment but absolutely. it's really helped yeah yeah living in the moment I think that is something we can all yeah. learn from and especially 2020 has taught us that whether you've got you know chronic pain or not it's like anything could happen there's like things we can control and there's things that are out of our control and literally you know we try so hard to control things that we have no influence over so yeah. I think as well like I remind myself of that daily that some things it's just like we can't do anything about it moving forward with what we can do amazing to yeah. go from you know nearly a year two years of not knowing what was going on and three three years, three years? I honestly kind of I think it would have been about three years yeah, yeah and then finally being diagnosed with fibromyalgia mm. and central sensitization syndrome yeah. finding the lightning process and studying it and just thank you for bringing it back to Christchurch and for doing all that you do. Thank you for taking the time to chat. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally for whatever works. Yeah. You know, there's so many things out there now and I think if someone is, people probably are struggling if they're listening yeah. to this, but like keep going yeah. and like there is always help and don't be afraid to share your story and journey because you will find that there are a lot of people that have the same issues and symptoms yeah yeah oh thank you so much thank you i want to say a huge thank you to you for listening in from wherever you are and supporting that's so chronic it truly means the world to me i'm wondering have you ever tried nlp or the lightning process or maybe you just have something that you want to say feel free to reach out on instagram at that's so chronic If you've enjoyed this episode, you know the drill. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and tell everyone you know. That helps me get into more ears around the world to hopefully spread awareness and more importantly, hope.